My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am Iron Man. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Post Credit Podcast. I am your host, Eric Italiano, senior writer at ProBible.com, potential future head of DC Films. So I, I guess we'll see how things play out. And today, <laughs> as always, I am joined by my co-host, Kate Onder, who you could find writing about video games over at comicbook.com. Today, we are talking about capitalism, baby. <laughs> I mean, that is essentially what is unfolding in front of our face is the further capitalization of the movie business. And if you don't know what I'm talking about already, I will spell it out for you. Today, we are talking about all of the bombshell news that has come out out of Warner Bros. Discovery, the new conglomerate that has been formed as a result of Discovery, which I didn't even realize was such a big company, purchasing <laughs> Warner Bros. And as yeah. a result, a bunch of things have happened. So let me run through the big news of the week, and then we will just sort of have a free-flowing conversation about Batgirl specifically and then Warner Bros. in general, because I have some hot takes to unsheath. Um <laughs> The biggest news has been that Batgirl was axed. It was a $70 million film that had swelled to $90 million because of COVID. Warner Bros. reportedly sees it as a, quote, purchase accounting opportunity to save $15 to $20 million. Also weighing into this choice is that they want DC films to be event movies and strictly theatrical. In general, the new executives don't seem all that in on the idea of streaming only films. Batgirl, I guess, being the first casualty. Test audiences reportedly felt that Batgirl was like, quote, a bad episode of TV. That's as per Rolling Stone. Warner Bros. said that this decision does not reflect on their opinion of star Leslie Grace or the directors. They're also reportedly considering delaying Shazam and Aquaman, which have both already been delayed a handful of times. And then I think the final major DC-related tidbit is that the Supergirl film, which I didn't even really know was a thing, to be honest with you. I think it was just like loosely rumored as something in development. Hey, we're doing something with her. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that is emblematic of DC Warner's problems. Yes. So the Supergirl film project series, whatever, starring newcomer Sasha Cali, who's supposed to make her debut as the character in The Flash, is unlikely to happen. So that's the um, that's the DC piece of what's going on at Warner Bros. slash HBO Max. Now, as Kate and I are speaking right now, Warner Bros. is having their earnings call, which means a couple of more tidbits are coming out as we speak. So I want to just squeeze in a few here. They rolled out what they see to be their iconic franchises, and we'll talk about this more once we get past the DC part. But there are a total of seven of them. The mm-hmm. Harry Potter world, the Game of Thrones world, Shark Week, the 90-day fiancé universe. Classic. <laughs> and then Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Yeah. So that just goes to show you how they value these characters going forward, which I think for fans is a good thing. So with all that mm-hmm. said, long-winded intro to the show, I just wanted to lay out the facts before we started to talk about our opinions of it. Since I've been blabbing, Kate, I will let you start. What is the first thing that comes to your mind? What is the first thought on the top of your head when we talk about the Batgirl thing? On on one hand, I'm glad that they're not going to just settle and just throw shit at the wall. It seems like on on some level they have a plan, right? That That shows a plan. It's it's taking over from the other leadership's plan. I'm doing air quotes right now. Um, 
and that causes some problems. I think it's not the best way of going about it. I think there was a better way of handling the situation. Um, but it shows that there is an idea here and that they have an idea of what they want DC movies to look like. And they said event films. And that makes sense. You don't want to, you know, maybe they can do the Marvel thing in 10 years when they figured everything out. They can go, okay, we're going to take a step back. We're going to focus on those street level guys on HBO Max or whatever their streaming is. And they can they can have both cakes and eat them too. But right now, we kind of need to figure out what's going on with the movies. And we have not figured that out for the last 10 years. I mean, Man of Steel was in 2013. It's 2022. And we still have no universe really like this is it's it's just bits and pieces that even when you push them together don't make the same picture so i i'm interested to see the long-term uh ramifications of it because right now it looks like a mess but hopefully the long-term end goal is a is a positive so just to counter your point they might have had a plan they got scooped by the post that shit happens who knows how they may have gone about telling this news to the various creators that whose dreams that they were going to how they would have how they would have gone about doing that if they had their own choice they put out a statement as i said saying that this decision does not reflect upon their opinions of the talent involved but more so their strategy going forward i think my general hot take is that i kind of agree with what's going down right now Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen a lot of outrage for outrage sense, both because for outrage sake, both because I think people are, I'm going to try to, and please, since you're <laughs> <Yes. a> generous, <laughs> be, be nice is a strong term. I just, I, something that I think that I'm good at and that this show is good at is that we're able to sort of speak genuinely without crossing a line. Yeah. So I want to not sound like I'm coming off as, um, um, cold cold but there's a narrative out there oh a latina female made film is being axed i think that if this was a robin movie or a nightwing movie and it was just as bad it would have been killed now there are reports that it was bad i I really don't give a fuck about that because Mm -hmm. everybody has their own opinions about a film especially before they finish the effects and all that stuff but what i will tell you is a year ago, I was not sitting around saying, you know what I need? A background movie on HBO Max. I don't think and as many people care. And, 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 right, exactly. And my point is that it is well within the realm of possibility that these new bosses who are trying to resurrect the DC brand that is, put nicely, a complete joke. A complete yeah. joke. We have, the DCEU has technically been around for nine years. If you consider Man of Steel the inception point i don't because i don't think man of steel was released with the intention of being a universe starter they retroactively did it yeah so i think it's been maybe let's call it eight years right let's be kind they figured out a way to give shazam a sequel and reboot suicide squad before they gave superman a second movie Mm -hmm. so it is totally within reason that the people making those decisions put out a shitty background movie yeah like, I believe that. And I understand the uncomfortableness and jaggedness of somebody canceling an already completed project. There's been a quote going around from a studio source saying this is, quote, unprecedented shit. Yeah. And I hear you. But that is what radical change requires. It mm-hmm. requires 
tough choices. And the fact is, DC is almost a decade in. And as you said, they are bits and pieces. There is no cohesive plan whatsoever. And if canceling Batgirl is the first step in writing the ship, and I can guarantee you Shazam 2 is going to be a pile of shit. (laughs) Aquaman 2, likely the same. And they probably already know that. So they're Mm -hmm. thinking, look, we're going to take a fucking beating. And then they got the Flash next. After those two. So they're in a position right now of no win. So if I'm them, I'm thinking, well, we're about to release three straight absolute bombs. You know what's worse than three straight bombs, Cade? Four Four straight bombs. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I understand the business decision of axing the film. I also understand the business choice of HBO Max not having scripted shows it there is no reason why hbo and hbo max should be two different studios putting out two different sets of shows it's absurd so generally i find myself aligned with all of the blood spilt heads rolling choices that have been made this week so as we now okay do you have more points on dc specifically the the one thing that's tangentially related is i i i think that if this movie is bad, and we really don't know, because like I, I said the other day, this is a minority audience, right? Like a test screening, I think they only did like one or two, and executives, like that's a small group over the wider audience that would have seen this movie. We really don't know how bad this movie was. Um, if it is bad, then this possibly can give us another Batgirl sooner, because like then they would take like a time off or they're like, all right, we need to wait for people to die down on this and then reboot it again or do a sequel or whatever. This can maybe give us a clean slate to get another Batgirl, whether that's in our Pattinson's universe or somewhere else, whatever the case may be. I think it is a slight positive in giving us maybe a better Batgirl. I don't know. I mean, I personally thought when they released that first picture of her, I was like, you and everybody else, bro. You and everybody else. Weird. Um, and I just thought, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, it looks like a Halloween costume, which it's strange is part of the character's (laughs) story, but it's like, you just made a $70 million movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I would say is, um, I saw someone say, well, more studios should just not release bad movies. And I was like, I don't think that's the lesson to be learned here because I mean, it's a slippery slope with, uh, my more, wait, 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 sorry. More studios should what? not release bad movies like they should go and be like we're canceling this movie more it looks people bad. should take this route that's what someone's take was and okay, i okay. i was like bad take because think of how many movies that were uh you know like star wars the studio didn't believe in that but george lucas got to go make his fucking crazy ass space movie and it's one of the biggest things ever i know that's maybe a rare exception or whatever but i no, still I agree wouldn't. but i'd say that it's kind of right the point is stop green lighting them in the sure. first place that's that's that they need to be more careful with their selections rather than fuck it cyborg movie like what no one wants that <laughs> today the a report from defector which i believe is I believe I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I believe it's the old people from Deadspin uh, put out a report about how the VFX industry feels about the MCU's phase five and six and words that were used in the piece were burnt out and depressed. Marvel is releasing something like five films and five shows in the next year alone. Yeah. That's a lot. Nobody is asking for that. 
<laughs> You're right. Nobody, nobody needs that shit. <laughs> We'd be happy with three and three. So this yeah. need to force things through is what needs to be fixed. And that's why I agree. I don't think that the lesson to take away from this is cancel more films that have been made. But in the sense, he's right because there needs to be a standard yeah. somewhere. And if you don't have a standard that you as a studio abide to, then what do you have? So I appreciate the move. Now let's move on to the HBO Max part of it all. They have also canceled the sequel to Scoob, which is, like, which is like the dumbest <laughs> statement I've ever said in my life. I didn't even know they were making one because I thought the first one was really bad. I don't know if you watched it. I didn't even know the first one existed. Yeah, it's it was one of those movies that was supposed to come out before the pandemic. And then they like just threw it out there in 2020 when no one had anything to watch. And I was like, I'll bite. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, movie. exactly. <laughs> so HBO Max and Discovery Plus are going to be merged. HBO Max is expected to lay off around 70% of their developmental staff. An insider says it sounds like, quote, they're not doing any more HBO Max scripted shows. The following HBO Max original films were removed from the streaming service. American Pickle, Moonshot, The Witches, Super Intelligence, Lockdown, and Charm City Kings. Furthermore, during the Warner Bros. earnings call, David Zaslav identified the following brands as their, quote, global powerhouse brands. HBO, Discovery, CNN, Home and Garden TV, Cartoon Network, DC, and Looney Tunes. He then identified their global powerhouse franchises as Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Shark Week, Game of Thrones, the 90 Day Fiance Universe, which I'm sure will be a meme before we even finish this <laughs> podcast, and the Harry Potter world. He then identified their iconic series and characters as Friends, Fixer Upper, The Big Bang this. Theory, Property Brothers, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, and Sex in the City, and then finally is a list of international brands that they have that I have never heard of. They also tried to identify what about HBO Max works <laughs> and what about Discovery Plus works. Under HBO Max, they believe it is should be mail skewed. They believe it should be scripted. They believe it should make you lean in as in you're invested dramatically in what's going on on screen. They believe it's appointment viewing and they believe it's, quote, home of fandoms. Whereas Discovery Plus, they see as a female skew, they see it as unscripted. They see it as leaning back in your chair, as in you relax to watch. They see it as, as opposed to appointment viewing, comfort viewing, and they see it home of genre dumbs. So that is a lot of synergistic corporate fucking <laughs> bullshit that I just spewed out. And that is unfortunately where we're going. But I think at the root of this is they are reeling back the streaming California gold rush that we've seen over the last five years or so and yeah. are course correcting back to a more traditional theatrical film slash linear television model. And again, of course, it's going to come off a bit rough around the edges, but I think conceptually, idealistically, holistically, I agree with the direction that they seem to be going. They're saying we don't need HBO and HBO Max and right. Discovery Plus. Let's consolidate those two. We don't need drama scripted shows on HBO Max. We have a stronger brand on HBO. Yeah, it's it's important I like to, all of that. It's important to emphasize HBO is different from HBO Max. I think there's a lot of confusion about that. Uh, I wrote an article about 
people were like, is The Last of Us going to get canceled? It's like, no, because that's an HBO show, not an HBO Max show. In fact, let me just say, one of the movies he made, Zaslav gave HBO head Casey Bloys a new deal. Really? Okay. Yeah, so he believes in the HBO, yeah. Yeah. And and they they talked about House of Dragons and stuff like that. So, like, they believe in that as a premium content service. And there are still HBO Max shows like Peacemaker and stuff that are going to continue on. As for everything else, who the fuck knows? But I, I think it's probably smart because HBO proper, you know, doesn't have like a shitload of just original content. It has selective premium content, all of which are just bangers across the board, right? You mean you got right now the rehearsal, House of Dragon, Last of Us coming up, and you know, maybe a couple of other things, but like it's very selective, and that's the smart way of going about it because you're not making 500 different shows and having to promote them all at once like you do on a streaming service because you need infinite content. And that appointment viewing part that he mentioned with HBO Max lends well to just HBO, right? So, Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I don't hate it. Uh, I think, again, it just shows that everything has just been such a fucking disaster with Warner Brothers over the last few years where it's just, they are cleaning up someone else's mess. And again, I, I know there are things about this that probably are eh, but Uncouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is a hopefully a long term plan here that will be a positive. I think maybe they should have put Discovery Plus into HBO Max because I think there's a larger brand in HBO Max instead of the other way around. But it's all the fucking same, anyways. So the fact is, it's a big mess, and if you're going to yeah. clean a big mess, your hands are going to get dirty. It's just a fact of the matter, and yeah. that's what I think. I think that that's what we're seeing now. So, all right, I think that's a good place to put a pin in it. Now, Warner Bros. did try to pull a bit of a bait and switch. Cade, you put this out. Or yeah. not a bait and a switch, but they tried to pull a rabbit out of a hat, a yeah. illusion, a distraction, a look over here. Perhaps I even say something a clown might do. <laughs> in, uh, you like that? I'm going to yeah, like, like this podcast. I'm going to this shit. Um, <laughs> In addition to all of the carnage that has poured out from Batgirl and HBO Max, the Joker sequel, Foil Adu, uh, it's going to take me until it comes out to figure out how to pronounce it exactly, but it's been officially announced. It's been given a release date of October 4th, 2024. Lady Gaga has been confirmed to star in it as Harley Quinn, and the movie will largely take place in Arkham Asylum as a musical. Now, the last time we talked about this, I said the idea of a musical didn't really excite me. I can't remember if we talked about that at the time when Gaga was cast or not. Mm-hmm. Gaga being in it absolutely changes that for me. Yeah, it's it's uh, one, she's proven to be a great actress over the last few years. I didn't see uh, House of Gucci, Same. but Same. A Star is Born is amazing, especially that moment when she first comes out on the stage with Bradley yep. Cooper and just like, I never was a, like a huge Lady Gaga fan. I recognized she was yep. talent, but like on the radio, I just heard pop star. And then you hear that and you're like, oh, this is fucking talent as like a singer, like rattles yeah. your insides yep. with her voice. Amazing. So to get that and the idea of it all is very interesting to me because if she's Harley Quinn, she's going to be his psychiatrist at Arkham. And then there's going to be some oh, fantasy shit in his gonna, head. You're totally right. This is probably Harley Quinn's quote-unquote origin story yeah yeah i'll be interested to see if this leads to a trilogy you have to imagine when you do two you don't leave it at two right like you gotta kind of go for the it depends how two does 
I guess so. I mean, it's hard to imagine a Joker sequel with Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn not doing banger numbers. I, I mean, it would have to be a bad movie, I think, for them to just be like, it did well box office, but it wasn't right, the right. Oscar-nominated sequel we hoped it would be. But um, yeah, I, I, I like the ideas here. I think it's unique not having him just be with like Batman or whatever, because I think that's what people want. Oh, I wouldn't be the surprised. The idea he... of him and Batman always bothered me. Because as know. we've talked about on the show, not only is he not physically capable of remotely competing with this guy, mentally, he couldn't hold a conversation. Yeah. Let alone outwit the fucking Batman. Yeah. He's he's more chaos than he is like the cunning Joker. You know, he's just like chaotically stupid. And he's kind of like a guy that just like bumbles into like it, unfortunate it's situations. Like, <laughs> it's like he'll walk into a room and shoot you in the head, and that'll yeah. cause chaos, right? Exactly. But he's Joker would devise a plan to have a citizen unknowingly walk into yeah. a room and shoot somebody yeah. and that is like the difference yeah exactly so it, it's uh i like all the ideas here the the stage is set in an interesting way i'm sure this movie's gonna visually look so fucking cool just like the mm-hmm. idea of a movie in joker's head sounds cool and uh obviously these are two very colorful characters so i'm super excited for this i know some people are very skeptical but i'm already pretty in on the idea and it, they apparently start filming in December. I imagine we won't see like a lot of set photos if it's set in Arkham because it's going to be, mm. you know, closed sets for the most mm-hmm. part, unless there are stuff outside with his fantasies. Right. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I really don't have any big thoughts on this that I've not said on the show before. I will just say that I, when they originally announced the original Joker film, maybe what is it 2022 five six years ago i was like yeah. this is stupid this is yeah. an origin story about a character that inherently the whole appeal of him is that he yeah. doesn't have an origin to such an extent that batman has no clue who he is yeah. so i don't i don't give a fuck who he is yeah, i was exactly. wrong it's a wildly well-made film yeah. not very rewatchable but like best picture nom yeah. first r or, or the highest grossing r rid film of all time over a billion dollars, Joaquin won for best actor. I couldn't have been more wrong. So yeah. I'm going into this with the same approach. When they first announced the sequel, I was like, I don't know, you guys struck gold once. You really think you could do it again? And then I heard that it was going to be a musical. And then I was really out because I don't like those films and concept. Sure. I don't like the idea of characters breaking out into song. But then they cast Lady Gaga. And even though I'm sort of sick of the Harley Quinn and Joker narrative, because we've seen that across live action and yeah. animation nonstop for the last five years. Lady Gaga is such a singular talent that her involvement alone makes me feel like, all right, they've got something cooking here. Yeah, it's uh, it's the prestige sequel you want, right? Because the first movie was heralded as. I remember AMC Theaters has this like label, like AMC Artisan or something, like very <laughs> fancy. And uh, I was like, okay, it's still a Joker movie, but it seems like they're still leaning into uh, something very uh, high end. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to say, just to end there, it would surprise me if Joaquin got nominated again for the same role, but I could 100% her score, see her scoring one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she got nominated Especially, for Star Born. Yep, Star Born and House of Gucci at the Golden Globes. Maybe, it's, but yeah, that's which, right. No, because those didn't exist this year. But she got 
credit for her performance yeah. in that point being, especially if she's, if it's going to be the arc of her going from like esteemed doctor to Joker's girlfriend, yeah. that's a hell of a fucking fall in one film. So, and singing. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some quick hitters before we take a break and then do our DC films draft. Patton Oswald, who voiced Pip the Troll in the Eternalist post credit scene, says a sequel is in the works with Chloe Zhao set to direct. Alternatively, R.I.P. Patton Oswald, who will probably be sniped yeah. in the head by Kevin Feige. <laughs> James Gunn says Peacemaker season two is safe at HBO Max, despite the ongoing turmoil at the studio. Connor McGregor will make his acting debut in the Roadhouse remake that has been confirmed to star Jake Gyllenhaal and will be directed by Doug Lyman at Amazon Prime. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Filmmakers, the Daniels, have signed a five-year overall deal with Universal. Universal and Paramount are... They're kind of the old heads, but I feel like they're starting to make a bit of a comeback here because now mm -hmm. Universal has both Peel and them. Nick Offerman joins the cast of MI, I guess, seven part two. Which is crazy. Production on Bong Joo Ho's <laughs> next film, Mickey Seven, has begun. It stars Robert Pattinson, Stephen Young, Naomi Aki, Mark Ruffalo, and Tony Collette. That sounds fucking sick. Garfield starring Chris Pratt and Samuel L. Jackson as the original character of Garfield's father, Vic, went theaters on February 16th, 2024. And the Stranger Things 5 writer's room has begun. Cade, any thoughts about the thing that I just said? The only thing I will say is uh, The Flash will still be released by Warner Brothers, they say. No oh, yeah. Brainer. Producer Barbara Muschietti. Oh, they just said it. Yeah, and they called it terrific. So. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> wow. I don't doubt it's good, but I doubt that they're... <laughs> okay, wow, that just... David Zaslav says they're, quote, doubling down on HBO. David Zaslav says they are creating a 10-year plan for DC films focusing on quality. He cites Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige's work as an inspiration. David Zaslav on canceling Batgirl. We're not going to put out a movie unless we believe in it, particularly with DC. David Zaslav says the objective is to quote, is to grow the DC brand and the characters, but just as importantly, to protect the DC brand. These are some fucking quotes right here, yeah. Yeah. But what was I going to say before all that news just dropped? Damn you were going to talk about Barbara. Uh, oh, right. The Flash producer, Barbara Muschietti, who is the sister of director Andy, said, quote, all is good in Flashland, which is like an egregious statement considering like the star is literally like apparently on the run from authorities. <laughs> so, I got fucking swarmed by Ezra Miller defenders, which I didn't know exist until yesterday of being like, yeah, he's yeah, not on bots. the run. They're bots probably. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the best DC films draft. And we are back. We are doing our best DC movies of all time draft. Now, last time we did a draft, it was the best sci-fi films of the 21st century. Cade had first pick. I just remembered to put up the poll today. Early <laughs> voting seems like I'm gonna I'm gonna have Cade beat on this one. By quite a bit. Um, as I replied to the tweet, I think that your top three. I was like, I looked at your top three. I was like, wow, Interstellar, Looper, District Nine, banger, banger, banger. Yeah. But I would assume most people haven't heard of Coherence. I yeah, I know. Uh, Revenge of the Sith probably live, leave, still leaves a bad taste in Some the people. mouths of fans. Yeah. So despite the fact that you went first last draft, I am still a pro's pro. So I will do a traditional coin flip to see who goes first. Cade, call him. 
Heads. Shows heads. Heads it is. Let's go. Cade gets the number one pick again, given that it is a DC Films draft. I, I'm pretty confident I know what he's going to take. So, Cade, kick us off. But it means you better speak eloquently as fuck about it. I, I, I have literally two, and they're basically the same movie to some extent. Is I'll, I'll say it's The Dark Knight. You've changed things. Forever. There's no going back. See, to them, you're just a freak. Like me. I think that's the one you got to pick first. I think, why wouldn't you? I mean, I remember the first time I saw this movie. I, I went to the theater with my dad. And I remember where I sat, the reactions in the theater, went. I left the theater. You remember, have you ever had a movie where you leave the theater feeling like just floating. so yeah, energized and like you walk out of the theater and just the air hits you and like all of your senses are just turned up to 11. That's how I felt leaving that movie for the first time. And um, I was electric. And again, I was I was seven. So like that movie didn't hit me on like a profound level in terms of its like philosophies and whatnot. But I was just so like, God, what a time for me to be growing up in. Like, I just, I was so, because I had watched the older Batman movies and I liked them, but there was nothing like this, nothing like Heath Ledger's performance, nothing like the inner turmoil that Bale's Batman faces in that movie. And just the fact that it ends, I rewatched the ending of this movie the other day with the drums of Hans Zimmer as Batman is like tumbling over, leaving this, you know, dilapidated building and getting on the bike and the music and Gordon's speech and just the rise of it all. Oh my God, dude. It just hits every time. Yeah. Well said. You did speak on it. Well, look, (laughs) the dark Knight is the obvious number one pick. I think it's head and shoulders, not only above every DC film ever made, but 99.9% of every comic book film ever made. I am not sure that there is a comic book film that could go toe-to-toe with it. I'm trying to think off the top of my head right now, like Spider-Man 2, Infinity War. Uh, uh, I mean, what else is there? Logan. But, like, yeah. still, we're still talking a class above, you know? Yeah. I mean, that the movie is on a level of prestige that those other movies really aren't. And they're not yeah. trying to be. They're trying to be comic book movies. Well, this is, like, elevated genre. Uh, yeah. The, the last thing I'll say about this is, uh, I had the pleasure of going to go see a marathon of all three Nolan movies in 70 millimeter IMAX uh, a couple of years ago. And I sat next to a kid who was like five years old and clearly had never seen any of these movies. And he it was sat there for all three of them. Yeah. And he was engaged and it was so cool because uh, he was very scared by Batman Begins but then by the end of the movie, he was just jumping out of his seat. Like, yeah, this is the best. Thing. Oh, it's so cool, man. It was that like, cool. what a great experience. Nice. Yeah. Seeing him go through the arc with Bat- exactly. Batman exactly. himself. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. awesome. All right. This makes it very tough for me. Uh, do I, do I go for my heart? Do I go for my head? I mean, there are, oh, and let me just point out that we are, we can also take animated films as well. So just know that those are on the board too. So I think because this is my number one overall pick, I have to go more 
head than heart. I've got to get something on the board that's prestigious. So I'm going to go Batman Returns. Mm. I think that I think that Batman 89 sort of invented the modern superhero comic book film genre. I think that it totally changed the game for Batman as a character. But I think Batman Returns, both in my opinion and generally, is largely seen to be a better film, a darker film. And that's why they kicked off Tim Burton, but a better film. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I think it's better than The Dark Knight because I don't even think people who were alive in the late 80s early 90s would make that point (laughs) let alone somebody who probably didn't see batman returns until 10 years after it had come out Mm. but what i will say is that without batman returns the dark knight probably doesn't exist i think that that counts for something i think what burton did with those original films legitimized batman and comic book characters in a way the echoes of still exist today there is no iron man there is no black panther there's no guardians of the galaxy there's no Man of Steel or whatever, or the Batman, what have you. Tim Burton doesn't legitimize and adultify the comic book genre the way that he does. The Superman films were successful with mm-hmm. adults, but they were hunky-dory. They were mm-hmm. old school. They were greatest generation, which Batman and Batman Returns very much aren't. They are very much the result of Boomer and Gen X. So I think that it sort of ushered in the new era, the new generation of filmmaking and comic book filmmaking and blockbuster filmmaking that that allowed for all the films on this list to exist in the first place. I mean, when you think about where film was in that era, like there was a lot of violent, gritty movies, right? And Superman was one of a handful of big budget outliers like Star Wars and stuff, right? But Batman could tap into oh you guys like that dark shit you guys like that that's the stuff yeah. you want to see and oh, we can scorsese we can huh it's dark it's a dark city exactly Sorry, we can give you a dark city exactly so and i i think that movie batman returns has a amazing aesthetic just the the christmas theme of it all i think it's fun but gross and creepy there's really nothing else like it ever in terms of comic book movies i think it's unique mm-hmm. while still uh staying true to some some important elements so yeah perfect pick go ahead kid i i don't is this just gonna be an all batman list like <laughs> at this no. point I mean, no uh, no not not at all all right i i i uh because my next Cause i pick... think i want to peel your fucking cap back with my next pick okay um that's interesting i'm gonna go to the batman and then wow i, didn't I think, think i would go that early I, I I thought about it. I was like, ah, gosh, I should probably have it in there. Um, this will probably be my last Batman movie on this list. Um, as much as I'd love to put Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins, it's just, I can't. Um, right. <laughs> um, the Batman, obviously, the most recent on this list uh, is fucking incredible and uh, takes the almost gritty aesthetic of the Burton movies turns it up to something a little more realistic, takes the grounded nature of uh, Nolan's movies and combines it into this weird kind of elevated realistic movie where, you know, this isn't like a fantasy world, but it still feels grounded in some way. And I think that's an awesome take. And I think it's great to see a young Batman who is just emo as fuck and is going through some shit and uh, clearly 
has some mental problems, something we really haven't seen tapped into in a Batman movie. Like it was Claire Keaton was a little fucked up in the head probably, but like they didn't lean into it as like a theme of the movie. And so to see them kind of unpack Bruce Wayne's trauma and really examine it was really cool. And I, I think the movie just uh, excels in, in many ways that other superhero movies don't. It's great how Batman can be packaged as like a prestige series yeah and he's probably one of the only one him and like joker i mean i don't know who yeah. else could really pull this off at this point but i will say that i actually just watched on a flight last week and it holds up yeah. absolutely even when you know sort of how it unfolds i think it holds up 100 percent. all right things are about to get weird on this podcast okay <laughs> for my number two pick and again i am praying to god that you don't take what i want to take third <laughs> Oh, maybe I should wait on this one. But for shock value, I'm going for it. For my number two pick, I'm taking V for Vendetta. Ah, I had that on my list. I suddenly had this feeling that everything was connected. We're all part of it. Are we ready for it? Okay, good. All right, good. Just being sure. Look, V for Vendetta is scarily prescient. Um, it is supremely well made. I would say outside of the matrix, it is the best film that the Wachowskis are involved in. They didn't direct 100%. it, but I think they wrote it. Yeah. Um, the performances are incredible. Hugo weaving as like a totally literally masked, but also masked in the sense of like, he's a performance clown. Like he yeah. is an absurd character yet. You come to feel for him and identify him with Natalie Portman's struggle. It puts you in the fucking thick of things with the villainy that at the time felt very sci-fi in 2005, mm -hmm. but now feels very fucking real. Yeah. Um, the aesthetic of it, the ending is one of the best comic book film endings of all time where the streets are lined with people in the Guy Fox masks. I mean, I think V for Vendetta is one of the more underrated comic book films of all time. Yeah. But in terms of DC, I think, you know, when you consider how low of, of a bar there is to clear most of their shit, and then when you consider, like, the Dark Knight being there and, like, the Batman being their elite, elite tier, I think V for Vendetta absolutely deserves to be in that tier. Not quite on the same level as the Dark Knight, but in terms of, like, truly great DC films, I think it absolutely counts. Yeah, I mean, talk about iconography, too, right? With that mask. I mean, all right, of the things exactly. that is used for now. And, yep. uh, again, the themes of the movie are very uh, prevalent in today's world. And that movie is executed in a way that I think is also very terrifying. Cause I watched that when I was way too young to watch it and even understand it. But uh, I remember there's a scene, I forget whose character it is of a child under a bed and like their, their house gets raided. And then they like take the child from under the bed and like put a bag over their head. And I was terrified that was going to happen to me as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, fucking intense scene. Yeah. yeah. And, it's gorilla and, as fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. not like, Oh, the bad guy from space is going to come crashing into my room. It's like, Oh, the, I There's can kind a, of see this happening. <laughs> a realness to it that is uncomfortable. Yeah. So yeah, I think that movie is awesome and effective at everything it's trying to accomplish. Yeah. All right, Cade, third pick. League. Wow, look at you. Wow. You're gonna dude, the bots are gonna be in your DMs trying to blow you, dog. Damn. I'm gonna wow. win the this fucking draft. fifth. The, yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah, the, the fifth best DC film of all time, Cage says, is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Wow, go ahead. I, I speak on okay. It. The 
2017 movie I fell asleep during. Only movie I've probably ever fallen asleep during in a movie theater. An and it absolute came, fucking train wreck. It's so bad. And I was so excited for it. It came out on my birthday. And and uh, I was so excited to go see it because what better way to, to celebrate my 17th birthday than to go see the movie adaptation of a cartoon and comic series that I had followed for so many years. And uh, then I, I get to the theater and uh, they put me in a small screen theater and I knew that was a bad sign already. And then it was boring Didn't as fuck. I think you were in trouble as soon as you saw the trailer, though. I had hope. You're at the prime of all oh, that's lame or all oh, that's cool. Yeah. You must have known that it looks like a pile of fucking shit. Dude. I, I, I just, knew we were I, I knew we were screwed hope. from Jump Street. I don't know. I thought I thought something would be would would come out of it, but really nothing. Well, did. let's spend this time talking about the 2020 yes. 21 film. Uh, I mean, all credit to fucking Warner Brothers for letting him just fucking go, like make a four hour movie about. Well, characters. according to reports, he he had some he control. Might have manipulated over, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Regardless. We got a four-hour like, movie, which is just gnarly as fuck. It's it's <laughs> like I just picture him in like a layer <laughs> at a giant computer, almost like a bat cave, like just fucking smoking cigarettes, just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna hack the system. We're gonna get bots in Russia and Taiwan, it's and we're gonna image. bombard these motherfuckers. It's Go ahead, awesome. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, but I mean, the movie spends so much time with these characters before anything of note actually happens. I mean, there's basically an entire movie before you get to the big battle in like the sewers of Gotham, wherever they're supposed to be, right? Like, there's just a lot of time spent with Bruce Wayne. And that's the character I love the most out of any of these movies. I love Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. And to spend mm-hmm. some time seeing him put the team together. And not rush to be like, all right, get everyone on screen at once so we can have them all in there for the trailer shot. It's just, all right, what's Bruce Wayne thinking? How is he coping with the idea of, oh, my God, not only are there aliens like Superman, there are aliens that want to reform our whole planet and do some crazy ass shit. And uh, it's just fun to to experience that. And I think uh, Bring Back Superman is awesome. That whole sequence where you hear the music and he's in the black suit and flies into space as his dad narrates to him. Uh, One of the best comic book movie scenes ever. And then uh, I think it's a cool ending where you see all the Justice League get turned into fucking skeletons. <laughs> That's cool. And then Flash brings it back. And it's just an awesome movie. It's such a good time. I will say I was totally surprised by how good it wound up being. Yeah. Funny story. So the screener that I got, I was up. HBO, and so HBO Max is a different PR entity than Warner Bros. is. So right. I have connects at Warner Bros. I didn't have connects at HBO Max. I was up this poor woman's ass. <laughs> and finally, the screener drops in my inbox on like a Saturday night at 11 p.m. And I had already put back a few with the boys, but it didn't matter what time of night it was that it was a fucking weekend. I was like, yo, and this is at my own place. Mind yeah. you, I'm like, yo, I'm out of here. I shut my door, <laughs> turn up my Bose speaker on Max, and I sat there till three o'clock in the morning watching zsjl yeah. and and i knew that things were different in a the fact that it opens with superman's murder yeah that was step one but b that amazonian scene where they are in like the mother box shrine and are yeah. fighting off Deppenwolf, and they are so badass and i'm mm-hmm. like all right this is if not and it's not the perfect justice league film that i've sure. always wanted 
it's serviceable and it's much better than that shit that they gave us the last time. Absolutely. I do wonder how it would have been received had that just been the movie they released initially. Or like, a, you know, not the well, theatrical. because it would have been essentially a repeat of the Batman v Superman tone, which people mm-hmm. didn't like. I think that they only grew to like the Snyder Cut tone after three sure. more years of complete garbage. They were like, never mind, never mind. We want the old back. stuff back. We want the old <laughs> stuff back. Yeah. So, but look, man, we could have a whole podcast of how I think that they fucked up the DCU from the start and that Man of Steel 2 should have been the next film and then they should have done Wonder Woman and then the Batman and then Justice League. So I think Batman v Superman, while an okay film, terrible idea. But that's a different podcast for yeah. a different day. For my number two pick, thank God I am taking Man of Steel. You will give the people an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. (laughs) I considered that one too. (laughs) I unironically love this film. I think that I am not alone in this. I think that this take, while I've been on this for a while, I think that this take is growing. I think people have come to appreciate Man of Steel both for its own quality and for what I just touched on, the fact that DC has been so bad for so long that that you go back and watch that, and you're like, actually, this is a pretty fucking sick movie. I think that it captures sort of the emotionality of Superman in a way that I think that's the hardest thing to do about him. Like, I think making me care about Superman is a very difficult task. So the fact that they were able to accomplish that is an achievement unto himself. Yes, third act. I mean, look, the last hour and a half of this film is nonstop action. There is some great action in this film. Is the destruction of Metropolis a bit heavy-handed and brutal? Absolutely. But I totally felt the cost of like Clark snapping Zod's neck. I 100%. felt that. I thought it was powerful. So, and, and to this day, I feel like the film has even aged better. So I will continue to defend Man of Steel for as long as I can. If Cavill were to come back for a Man of Steel 2, I would be excited. I figure if fucking Aquaman and Shazam and Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman could get sequels, why can't Superman? I agree. Yeah, I uh, the one thing I'll say to all of that is I remember seeing that movie and seeing the next snap and being like makes complete sense. And then going home and seeing all the YouTube videos and comments online about Superman doesn't kill. I'm like, no, 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 you're right. And that's what makes it so tragic is that he has to save humanity by killing the last of his kind. And he knows that's it. That that's just me now. And, and his first ever murder. Like it, murdering somebody it's is his not first fun. day on the job, not, really. Not speaking from experience, but I'm yeah. just I would imagine <laughs> murder is not a fun thing to no. do. You've watched a lot of Dexter. His life sucks. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's 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 a tragic thing that and you see it on Amy Adams' face as she stands there and she's like, Oh, that sucks. Like that's an yeah. unfortunate thing to have to kill your species to save one that hates you and wants to reject you. And that's that's cool. I think that's a cool storytelling thing. What am I? Is my this is my fourth? Right? Fourth. Yep. Uh, Watchmen. I think that's a. Oh, you are. <laughs> that's just a banger movie, man. Watchmen. One of us died tonight. Somebody knows why. 
Somebody knows. I heard he'd been working for the government. Maybe it was a political killing. I mean... Do you not like it, or was that on your list? No, I was going to take it next. I was between that and Man of Steel. But had I not taken Man of Steel, you probably would have, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so then I feel not bad about it. Okay. Um, Yeah, uh, Watchmen, I mean... For the opening sequence alone. Just everything about that movie just captures you in a way that a lot of other movies fail to do in their first opening minutes. Just, like, visually eye-popping like graphic novel come to life i know some people have critiques of that as a whole but i'm just like this is amazing and engrossing and just violent and gritty and all in all the best ways because i think you know some people use that as a way to criticize like justice league and uh man of steel and stuff but i think it works to this story this is that kind of the way that story is supposed to be it's gross and gritty and weird and um I think it's just very imaginative. Uh, it brings a probably otherwise unadaptable story to life. If someone else had done this, they would have tried to be like, okay, how can we make Dr. No, Manhattan? The show real? did it though. But that was, it. that was taking a different story. You know, like it's not adapting the graphic novel. It's continuing the graphic novel, you know? True, true, true. Great point. So uh, in, in the way that they do this, it's a lot more, larger than life and again i think if someone else had tried to do it because you see kind of in the show is how do we make dr manhattan look like a real guy how do we do that for real and it's like you don't you just make him a big tall fucking blue guy going through vietnam (laughs) evaporating people and that works (laughs) so uh i think that movie succeeds in in more ways than one great choice i would have taken that next for my fourth pick i am going with wonder woman i genuinely think this is one of the best superhero films ever made it is why i hate wonder woman 84 so much because (laughs) the letdown was so extreme like i am a wonder woman i'm just a huge fan i think it came at a time where dc fucking and maybe that's what skews my perception of it a bit but it came at a time where DC needed a fucking banger and it got one. It made Gal Gadot a star. I think the choice to set it in World War II was absolutely brilliant. It wasn't really a superhero film that we've seen before because Captain America was World War I. Up until probably the ending battle, it was for a Wonder Woman story, uniquely grounded. Chris Pine and Gal Gadot's charm is uncalculable it's unquantifiable these two are electric on screen it's some of the best action in the dceu that is why zach snyder's justice league is so much better than joss whedon's because in joss whedon she's completely nerfed she doesn't use her sword and shield one time in that entire film but in the snyder cut she's not seen without it she's a total fucking badass and that badass already started in the original film yeah uh I gotta be honest, did not care for that movie that much. I really, I, uh, I, it was more the third act. I think the third act really kind of crumbles in some places and, uh, the, the love conquers all message. And I was like, oh. I, I don't mind that. I think there's a way to do that well, but I didn't think that one landed the, stuck the landing. Um, and ironically, there's a scene in Wonder Woman 84 that I actually really, really like. I think that movie is generally pretty bad, but, uh, the scene Awful. where she's like, forgetting about uh chris pine and just like running through the streets and regaining her passion that's a really good scene but generally that movie is pretty bad but the first one's much 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 better uh 
but I don't generally care for it one way or the other. Um, okay, I guess it's my, my fifth and final. God damn it. I don't know if I want to have three Batman movies, four if you don't count do. Justice League. Don't. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, dude, it's your fucking team. It's your team. It's your team. I mean, yeah, the way I'm looking at this list, it actually, either right, way, like it comes back to Batman. Joker? That was one of them, but I just... The suicide Squad? I'm going to go Batman Begins. Okay, fair enough. I got it. I got it. Uh, that's that's one of the first movies I ever saw in a movie theater and cool. uh, was fucking terrified as well by that movie just because it's a lot to take in when you're four years old. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it, I, I remember being... That reminds me when my dad took me to see Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes in the year, I think 2000. I was about seven. Yeah. We made it through five minutes. I was too scared. We had to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, it's a fucking... All freaky movies. And this one obviously has maggots pulling, pouring out of people's faces and shit. And it's just like, oh my God. And this is me coming out of Batman and Robin a few, you know, years earlier and stuff and just seeing that on VHS. But uh, Batman Begins, talk about a reinvention of a character and redefining the character in so many ways that we are still seeing the effects of with the Batman and, and it's all sorts of things. I think it's just a fucking amazing movie. And uh, Liam Neeson and everyone carries their weight. It's just a fucking all around amazing movie. You know, what's funny is the first time I saw that, I wasn't old enough or Hollywood savvy enough to know who Liam Neeson was at the time. Sure. He was just like the bad guy. But then when I, I got older, I was like, oh shit, like they yeah. got a fucking banger actor to play the bad guy yeah. in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like post taken, I was like, whoa, he's yeah. a bad man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's the same way. <laughs> Oh, shit. So uh, Batman Begins was going to be one of my two choices for my final pick. I was going to make a big dramatic thing of it and be like, oh, I'm leaning towards the more um, conventional choice in Batman Begins or a more off the wall choice. And then I think I was ultimately going to go for the more off the wall choice because I already have a Batman film and Batman Returns. Because you selected Begins, it makes it a bit easier for me. So for my fifth and final pick, I'm taking Cade. Any guesses? Is it Constantine? It is Constantine. All right. Wow. <laughs> no way. I did not think you would guess that. Wow. Yes. For my fifth and final, I'm going Constantine. I think that this movie is so it used to be one of my favorite quotes, so bad it's good. But I think it's like aged to the point where it's just like good. Like I can yeah. no longer like I can no longer claim it as a so bad it's good because it's an actually good movie. It was Keanu Reeves post matrix fame trying to figure out where he was going so i think that there was a bit more pressure on him in the film at the time but i think in hindsight like it's a it's a totally unique movie in the landscape of comic book films the closest thing that we've gotten to it is like the third act of dr strange 2 and even that doesn't touch the sheer demonic scope of Constantine. I think Constantine if I was the head of DC would be one of the first characters I'm trying to revitalize in some way shape or form. I think that he could give DC something that Marvel genuinely doesn't have and something genuine like the fact that he rocks a fucking suit tie and pants is dope. Like I find that so and just rip cigs. Like I find that so cool. Sigs are bad. Don't smoke, kids. But I just <laughs> the whole idea of the character, like just being this fucking dude, you know what I mean? Who's like, oh, yeah. I'm seeing demons all over the place. I guess I got to deal with them. Like, I really like that. So I just think the character is cool. I think the execution is cool. The villains are Peter Stromer and uh, 
Tilda Swinton. You got Shia LaBeouf in a supporting part. Keanu, of course, just being the man. I love that film. And I think similar to the likes of Watchmen and V for Vendetta, over the years, it's been like, oh, wait a minute. This is actually a kind of dope DC film. Yeah. It's become a cult classic, right? With people now demanding a sequel or a revival of some kind. And Keanu Reeves even kind of being like, hey, you know, maybe. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think that's that's fun that it has uh, kind of caught on over the years. Uh, yeah, cool, cool fucking movie. Um, something that I don't know that we'll see ever again, but I, I'm open to it if they want to go that route. There were rumors of a show at one point, but yeah, we literally cannot predict what's going to come <laughs> on the DC front. All right, so for that note, let me recap mine, and then Cade will recap his. I took Batman Returns, B for Vendetta, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman and Constantine. Cade? I had uh, The Dark Knight, The Batman, Zack Snyder's Justice League, Watchmen, and Batman Begins. All right, that'll do it for our DC Films draft. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Eric Italiano, post-hacking. Now I have 77,000 followers <laughs> or something absurd. Thanks, hacker, I guess. Uh, follow Cade at Cade underscore Onder. Follow us on Twitter at PostgredPod. Leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, what do we have next week? She-Hulk, maybe? Bullet Train? Bullet Train, perhaps. We'll do a little Bullet Train. She-Hulk is around the corner. Andor is around the corner. I actually have got the screeners. I still need to watch. I have interviews for that tomorrow morning uh, with some supporting characters, but we won't be dropping that for a bit. I hope everybody is enjoying their week, weekend, and summer, and we will talk to you My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. 